can, uh, I don't know if there's enough for everyone, but uh, maybe just one per couple, but make sure the kids have got one. Who can tell me uh, what tree this is, kids? Any of the kids know what tree this is? Mulligan, your hand was up first. It's an oak tree. That's right. In the bags that Malcolm is handing out is some uh, oak leaves that I harvested freshly this morning from my allotment. And this here is a little sapling as well from the allotment. I'm glad it's still alive because it's got a tap root, uh, which means it's a long root and I've damaged the root when I took it out uh, to plant here to show you the difference between a sapling and an old tree. This is an English oak. So Latin for this tree is called Quercus rober. And the species rober and it's spelled R-O-B-U-R. With what English word do you associate rober? No, not rober. R-O-B-U-R. With what English word do you associate that? Yeah. No. No. So take off the last letter R and R and add two letters to it at the end and make a word. That's it. Robust. The word robust comes from rober. Rober means strong and strength and hard because like Robocop, maybe that's where they got the idea from. Thanks, Danny. Anyway, carry on. That's that's very that's very deep. That's very deep. That's we'll focus on Robo, Robocop later. Thanks for that, Danny. Now, yes, it's Quercus rober. Uh, it stands out. Whenever you go to a park, you can you can see where your oak trees are. Your oak trees uh, does is a got an irregular shape. Okay. Uh, the leaves. When you look at the leaves. It's a very distinct leaf, and all the leaves that you have there is different. They're not all the same, but when you put them together, you can see that it's an oak tree. Um, so what else do we know about this tree? This tree uh, has got leaves that act as food for a little blue uh, butterfly. I forgot the name. Penny, do you know? It's a little blue butterfly, about four centimeters. It's usually in the top of the tree and the caterpillars feed off the leaves. Uh, the tree itself is a, is a tremendous food source for all animals. You've got the uh, acorns that act as food. You've got the leaves and also some of the insects will be in the bark because it's really nice hiding places, but the birds eventually feed them. Now, I've always wondered how old this tree is. Shall we find out? No, 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 we're not going to cut it down. We're going to do it differently. I need, I need someone who can do sums like Usagi, but I need two helpers. Uh, preferably someone that's less than that in height. Yes, he can use his calculator. That's it. So I need two helpers. So. Osa, you and uh, Elsie, you're, you're, you're um, uh, Mulligan, is that okay? Right, so we're going to measure the circumference. Okay, 
So the circumference, very good question also, is the bit that goes around the tree. We're going to measure how long it is around the tree. Right, so, also, can you hold this here? Just there, don't move it. Yeah, just hold it there. Just hold it there, push it up against the tree, just that height. Now, Mulligan, can you go around the tree? Just go around the tree, hold it still, just there, perfect. Around the tree, all nice and level. Keep going, you're doing very good. I should have get a, a better piece of rope. I do apologize for that. But I'm sure it's worth the wait. Someone's car alarm's going off. That's all right. <laughs> That's it, right, okay. That is brilliant. So let's find it. Don't go away. Right, this is the one bit. Now the other bit is, also you hold that there, hold it end bit, yeah. Mulligan you hold this, pull it tight, don't lose that spot, okay, don't lose that spot, right. Can I hold this? Yes please. Wow, it's a lot more than I thought. So, Usagi, 187, 187, doesn't matter, 187. So we just measured the inches. You boys are awesome. Can I have the string, please? The string. So now, did you want to roll it up? Yeah. Thank you, right. 187. So, 187. Divide that by 3.14. Right, times that by the growth factor of this tree, which is 3.5. So this tree is approximately 208 years old. So 200 years old plus. So this tree kit started like that. And now, after 200 years, maybe a little bit more, it's that. When you look at the leaf that you have, this is mainly the drivers, the people that drive that should pay attention to the road. When you're driving and you see a sign next to the road with that leaf, what does that mean? It's a sign for what? The what? Two words, yes. The National Trust. The National Trust has actually got four leaves. The Woodland Trust has got two leaves, right? But the thing is they use the leaf. The leaf is very significant. Everyone knows what an oak leaf looks like and if it doesn't then you'll find out. <laughs> Alright? So this tree itself is a very significant tree. We know the hardwood uh, was used to make ships with. Uh, obviously now they don't use that anymore, but some yachts they do. So this tree stands out, it's very significant. People always realize it and recognize it. Now this is it. Do you think you are significant in the role of the church or 
in your Christian life? Do you think you're significant? What do you think? How do you feel today? I don't feel specifically significant in my role today in this week, but that's okay, because I had stuff to deal with. Let's listen what Jesus say. Matthew 10. Matthew 10. Thank you very much, Osa and Mulligan, for helping me find out how old this tree is. I actually thought it was a little bit more, but 200 years plus, as a good age. Matthew 10, verses 16. Now we know this is where Jesus sent out his 12 disciples, and he, told, he was very, very clear with his instructions where they need to go, what they need to do, to go to the Jew, the, the Jews, not the Gentiles, to, if someone didn't want to hear their word, then for them to leave, he gave them authority to drive out demons and all that. So let's read verse 16. I am sending you. This is Jesus saying to his disciples, I am sending you. When I used to go to church as a teen and sit there for a whole hour in the service and then another 15 minute break and then another hour class, I was bored. Honestly, I was so bored, yeah. Now, I was 16 years old. I was sitting in church next to my mom, uh, smelling of Sambuca. Uh, it's a liqueur. No, me, right? Uh, I started drinking at an early age, too much, too, too soon. But the thing is, I was sitting in church and I was looking at the people that I was partying with the previous night. And they had these beautiful, holy faces coming into church, smiling, sitting there. And I'm like, I know where you were last night. And I told my mom, I don't want to be a Christian. I do not want to be a Christian. I want to be a disciple. Because for me, there was a difference between being a disciple of Christ and a Christian. Obviously, in the Bible, we know there's not. Now, when I read that, Jesus is talking to the disciples, but he's also talking to me. He's telling me, Joe, I am sending you out. Now, that should give me a lot of confidence because Jesus believes that I can do it. He believes that whatever I need to do, he, I can do it because he believes in me. Let's carry on reading there. I am sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. I am being sent out like sheep amongst the wolves. Kids, who of you have ever stroked a sheep or a lamb? Let me see. Anyone? Okay. Are any of your kids, are you scared of sheep? Nope. Why? Because they are what? Because they're cute and fluffy. Yes. Pink and fluffy. And also, obviously, after you've touched the sheep, wash your hands. Yes, William? They are harmless. They can be harmless. Yes. So let's just leave it there. Yes, they are harmless. Yes, Alice. They never 
No, they, you mean they never hurt you? That's right, they never hurt you. They're so nice and fluffy and cute. Um, what else does it say there? I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. Now, kids, who has ever touched a wolf? Who of you would like to touch a wolf? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Right, okay, all right. Yeah, I would like to touch a wolf. I would love to have a wolf as a pet. Now, when you see the wolves, like sometimes on these programs, do they look cute and fluffy, or what do they look like? Yes, Alice? It does depend on what mood they're in. Let's say they are chasing another animal. What do they look like? Cute and fluffy, or what do they look like? Yes, Elsie? They look like your dad. Okay. Um, right. Yes. They look like? They look fierce and strong. They look scary, don't they? So Jesus is saying that I am sending you out like sheep amongst the wolves. When sheep get scared, what do they do? They get together before they maybe run off. So they stick together. When there's hard times in your life, it's always good to stick together. If there's a difficult time that you and your spouse go through, uh, we stick together. We, got, we don't deal with it ourselves. Right, what else is Jesus telling his disciples? I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes. Now, snakes in the Bible don't really have a good connotation, do they? It's, it's you know, you, you hear about the serpent in Genesis 3, I think, uh, where Eve was uh, tempted by the serpent. But when you look at snakes, kids, who of you have ever touched a snake? Not in the wild, but who of you have ever touched kids? Oh yeah, big kids also. Yes, okay. Let's see. All the kids that's touched the snake? No? Okay. Do you know what... Well done also. What, do you know what snake you touched? A corn snake. They're pretty snakes. And you kids have touched the same snake, I suppose, which is a really long one, called a... Python or boa constrictor. That's right. Now, Jesus is, is telling his disciples, he's telling me, he's telling us, that when we go out and do what we're supposed to do, we have to be shrewd like snakes. Now, what does shrewd mean? Can anyone tell me with a big vocabulary what shrewd mean? It means to be... Yes, Elsie. Yes. Do you want to say? Shrewd means to be wise. It means to be acute. It means to be particular. It means to uh, basically not to overreact pretty much. Now, yes, savvy, that's it, yes, so, you know, when we talk with people, when we interact with people, we have to be a bit savvy, we have to be wise in our ways, we have to be specific, not overreact. Uh, I overreact a lot, uh, less now than 
when I was younger and, uh, and specifically less now than uh, when Lisa and I got married first, uh, she can share with you how much I overreacted in the first years of our marriage. That wasn't too easy due to outside factors. But anyway, now a, a, a snake doesn't overreact. It reacts when it's in a corner, when it's feeling that there's danger, it will, re it will react. Um, there was one time not far from where Scarlett and I was in the, in the felt where Opanoma lives. Uh, there's a photo where me and Scarlett are standing in the felt and the grass is quite tall. And I was walking there when I was in high school and with me I had my lovely uh, bull terrier dog called Josie or Josephine, black and white one. Uh, and she used to love hunting. So we went in and, and walked in the felt and I can see she stopped and she sniffed in the air and I thought, okay, well, you know, anything here? No. And we kept on walking and she stopped again and she sniffed. And I stopped and I looked down and right in front of my foot, just there, in between the grass, I could see a snake. Now the snake was just lying there. If I stepped over the snake, it would have bit me. But the snake was just lying there, waiting to see what's gonna happen. I could see from the color and the shape, it was a cobra. So I thought, okay, well, I'm here. The house is there. I overreacted, running home, get a spade to run back to kill the snake. I ran back with a spade and there's my dog running back with a snake in his mouth, already killed it. Because what the dog would do, it would grab the snake, break the vertebrates and throw it up in the air and constantly break it so the snake can't move. The snake was taller than me. It was a big snake, it was a beautiful snake. The thing is, snakes don't overreact. We shouldn't overreact. And thank goodness that God has been gracious to me that I overreact less now. What else do we need to do? It says there, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. What does a dove remind you of? Kids, when you see a dove, what do you think of? Yes, Elsie. The dove soap. The dove soap. Yes, good. So just like the soap clean just like the soap cleans us we have to be clean too very good i like that anyone else how about the adults when you see a dove what do you think of peace yes peace noah yes noah good yes any anything else jesus why yes 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 when we look at the dove it's so beautiful my wife doesn't like birds with their beady eyes but i'm like you know when you see doves flying pigeons it's the same thing just very in size it's so beautiful when they're in harmony with the wind and they they are so peaceful so as christians i know that i shouldn't overreact i should be shrewd like a snake and be as innocent as a dove. Now, Jesus saying, I'm sending you out. He's got confidence in me. He's got confidence in me that I can do it. 
I'm equipped to have that confidence that he will look after me, he will protect me. What is the one thing that he has given me that is either with me or in me that equips me? What is that? The Holy Spirit. Definitely. He has given us the Holy Spirit. When, um, when Jesus say, I'm sending you out, I need to trust him. I need to trust him that I can do what he wants me to do. How do I trust God? I know that there's a couple here, uh, Stefan and, and Liesel, that is a true example of trusting God. Uh, sorry, I had to stop myself from actually saying the cause of why they are here. Um, but I know that through their difficult circumstances, they are trusting God. How do you trust God? How do you, how do you, how do you trust God? Can anyone tell me, help me? How do you trust God? What do you do? Anyone? Let me tell you this, sorry, before we answer that. Who do you trust here? Anyone? No, okay, all right. Okay. Leon, who do you trust? Okay, Leon trusts Sarah, his wife. Why? <laughs> Why do you trust her? Well, that's a good question. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> Think quickly. Time is running. No, no, because I know her. Yes. Okay, so you know her and she's got the best interest in you as well. I know she loves me. And I she loves you. Ah, you love her and she loves you. Now Malcolm is later going to talk about how much God loves us and how much Jesus loves us because of the cross. If we know more about God, if we love God with what we do and how we act, that can cause us to trust Him more. I know for, for myself that sometimes I don't feel that I trust God, but that's a feeling. Alright, it's, 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 not, it's not logic, it's a feeling. Uh, this week I was struggling with my relationship with God. It felt like, because of what I'm going through this week, that someone has plugged the telephone and I'm like, I'm talking but I can't hear anything. Now, I know he listens. And I know he talks through, through conversations that I have with people and obviously through his word. And I know that he wants a relationship with me. If you trust your spouse, you would love your spouse. You would not try to fix your spouse. For the husbands and the wives, you don't fix your spouse. You love your spouse with whatever it is you have. You be the example for your spouse that if if there's something in their lives that you don't like, you be the example for them. And they can change, they will change, you pray for them. And if they don't change, let God do the work. Don't always go and get someone else to go and fix your husband or fix your wife. Pray about it. Pray with your husband about it. 
work as a unit, trust one another. I just want to round it off there and say that when we're under this oak tree, you've got the oak leaf there. This oak tree is very significant because it stands out. We as Christians need to stand out too. Not what we look like, because for me, it's easy. I go to the shops and there's this woman who's, who's selling books on yoga and meditation and said, you look like a spiritual man. You look like Jesus. Yeah, well, looks doesn't mean anything. It's about my interactions with people. It's about the words that I speak. It's about how I am at home. That's most probably the place where I'm the worst, isn't it, my love? <laughs> but um, my wife knows me. She, she knows me very well. We got to support one another. I know I need to support my wife. I need to be a sample example for Scarlett, that when she grows up, that she can see Christ in me, whether she wants to go down the same route or not. But we were sitting there earlier and Scarlett and I, we were just praying. Scarlett initiated that. And I love that about my daughter. And I need to be a, carry on to be an example for my daughter. We need to work as a unit. We need to trust one another. We need to love one another. There will be difficult times between, between us, maybe in the church, whatever there is. But the thing is, we got to trust God that whatever it is we do, whatever the direction it is, we are going we will glorify his name we need to stand out in amongst people just like an oak tree stands out in a park amen <laughs>